there are three musicals that we listen to on the regular, and it's Encanto, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Hamilton. In a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Hello, Ted. It is episode 183, and it was nice uh, you paid us a visit with the gadget today. I know. Yeah, it was fun going for a ride. <laughs> I know. I was I was sad, you know, we couldn't go too far away from the house, but, he, but whipped you around the block. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. So long drive to go see a couple of bugs. <laughs> hey, the butterflies at Pismo Beach. It's a thing, you know. We went, and uh, they were they were still a little chilly. Apparently, they are kind of uh, solar powered uh, bugs. You know, they need a little sunlight energy to want to fly around. So the 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 sun wasn't shining, the heat wasn't uh, hot enough for them, and so they just chilled out. Uh, but yeah, we saw we saw well we we saw thousands of butterflies, but not not a thousands flying around. You know, a hundred or so flying around. And they migrate from all over North America to here. There's a, there's a bunch of places along the coast. I think there's 300 spots along the coast where there are groves that the butterflies return to. Wow. They're like salmon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They go back to spawn. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. And what was it? We, we saw two flying around today and, uh, and somebody said, oh, look, it's getting a piggyback ride. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't they know they're making new butterflies? Uh... Yeah, no, I think that was you know it was a joke from their their younger days when they didn't know what they were yeah. what they were seeing. But all right, well, let's talk some beer. Then we can okay. get into more. Yeah. Uh, we can get into more of the Jim and Ted hour and get into some trailers and all the rest. I have a theme this week with trailers, so you know a theme. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get into that. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, I'm I'm curious what your theme is. I think I have an idea, but okay. we'll see. We'll see. So, what's your beer? Okay, so yeah, go. I got. A new beer. Well, I mean, there's always new beers. Um, it's called Dark Libations. Dark Libations. And it's Alavardo Street Brewery. I don't even know where this is, Alavardo Street. They're in L.A. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Have you heard of it? Isn't uh, Elvira Street or whatever, uh, the, the like the Mexican street downtown that's like famous for, you know, historical things? and Oh, it's Salinas. Oh, okay. I'm thinking something else then. So it's it's a different a different Alvarado Street or whatever Al Alvarado Street. Oh, Alvarado Street. Okay, Alvarado Street. I'm it's my it's my mispronunciation. And that's Salinas. You said. What's the style? Dark libation, imperial stout. Oh, imperial stout. Nice. It is aged in bourbon barrels with cacao and Madagascar vanilla beans. And uh, ABV, IBUs, probably the IBUs are pretty, pretty high, but what's the ABV is probably pretty high. Okay. Yes, it is all high. Uh, ABV is 13.8. Oh, 13.8, <laughs> this guy. Well, while you're pouring that up, I have uh, week number two of my inverse advent calendar. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, this thing is straight out of Germany. I can't read anything on the can. It's 
5% ABV, and it is uh, a Weiss beer, Weiss beer, Weiss beer. Weiss, Weiss beer, yeah. Probably a Weiss beer. So essentially a wheat beer. Um, well, let's see how it goes. All right. And as I pour this, what, do you have any tasting notes there? Tasting notes, the, the cacao is strong. It is a dark... Uh, dark chocolate taste. Yeah, it's it's almost all chocolate. I don't I don't I can't taste any of the the vanilla yet. But it is but it is it is a a yummy beer. Good. Yeah, I bet, man. That thing's probably like eating a, a donut or something. No, it's not as sweet. It's more of like a, the dark chocolate. That's why I was saying the vanilla isn't really coming through to to sweeten it. But I guess it cuts it from like a ninety percent cacao to a seventy two percent cacao. Gotcha. Yeah, this is. I'm assuming the the brewery in Germany is Weininger, W I E N I N G E R, Weininger, and Homat, H O A M A T, Weissbier. So, and uh, looks like it's uh, it started off in 1666. Wow. So you can kind of see the can there. Yeah, look at that. And uh, I would say best way to, to to describe it, it's like the German version of like a Hogarden. Nice. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, like a white beer, you know, like a Hefeweizen sort of a thing. So it kind of would would, would would have gone with the um, the uh, Christmas Eve dinner. With with the with the shellfish and all that stuff. Yeah, it could have. It could have. Uh, I get hints of like banana, clove, mm, mm. almost like a little bit of bubble gum. Oh wow! You know that's that's kind of how these things kind of come across. Huh. Um, a little bit of vanilla. Okay. You know, but yeah, a lot of banana, bubble gum, and and like clove. I think is is what I pull out of this. Yeah, the banana and the clove. I get. Yeah. The bubble gum, I don't, I don't, I can't put, picture that, but okay. Well, I think if you mixed clove and banana, you get bubble gum, <laughs> right? Like, like in the Middle Ages. <laughs> I guess I don't like know. Witcher. Witcher is making making a clove. Yeah, we'll talk gum. about that, man. Welcome to the world of fantasy watching. Yeah, me and Clarissa get into the fantasy. But uh, before that, though, how was yes. your week? What'd you do? What's up? I know you guys were up our way today, but yeah. uh, what else you do? Um, good week. Just uh, running around, kids in school, uh, games. Uh, the the water polo games are getting postponed and canceled left and right. So Because of COVID? Because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, COVID outbreaks all over the place. You know, like, they're kind of, they're, they're like outbreaks at school. I always hear of kids in you know in the class and they always said someone is your child's class has had covid so this is the alert yeah we get the same stuff and i'm like who is it who is it find out who this is you know and it's always like not anybody audrey knows you know what i mean so right it's like, right uh, it's pointless it's I, I don't know we get the same things it's 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 a little frustrating and then and then you know i'm most concerned about the water polo but they get tested a lot oh yeah and then there was this whole kerfuffle like the student athletes are supposed to get tested. They let the student athletes out early, so they have they met their their last period is always PE, and they kind of miss it because they're in their training for water polo and all that stuff. So for the last period, they said, "Oh, all student athletes have to go get COVID tested." So they get in line. There's only like 
certain number of stations to do the COVID testing. So, so they wait in the line for like an hour and a half, you know, something like something ridiculous. And by the time they get to the doorway, there's only a couple of them left. And now it's the time for the teachers to get their COVID testing, you know, after, you know, after school, after last period. Like the teachers who aren't vaxxed. I don't even know. I think I think they have to be vaxxed to get back in there. Well, we have it where if you're not, you don't have to be vaxxed. But if you if you're not, then you do like weekly testing. I think we're we're I think this you have to get vaxxed to come back. Yeah. Here. I don't know. I'll double I'll double check that. But I'm pretty sure you have to get back vaxxed to come back at all. And then now because Omicron is so prevalent they are still testing you know weekly now it's uh, almost bi-weekly but anyway so the, the the teachers line up after these four four last kids to go including audrey and everybody's fine but some administrator from the district comes over and is like yelling at audrey and her friends like get out for the teachers and blah 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 blah, blah. And, and audrey's like no we're we've been waiting here an hour and a half we we're told to wait here you know so but She's like, well, we get this sorted out, you know, get out of line. And so they get out of line after waiting for an hour and a half and they can't go and they've already wasted all this time. And then these teachers are trying to put them back in line in front of them because they know this lady's crazy. And it's just like back and forth and back and forth. And then finally they leave without the last four people. I think the last four people didn't get tested and they got in the water and then. I had a meeting that I had to get back to back home for and I had gone to pick her up thinking it was just going to be like boop, boop, you know, out there and back. And and I was like, I'm sorry, I have to pull you from the water. Um, but yeah, so that was that was, you know, I think there, I think, you know, tensions all over the place, especially through the school system are just very high because of because of covid. And, you know, I know I know Audrey's biggest concern is a, a spring break. Uh, bait and switch again you know what I mean? where they say like oh spring break let's give everybody an extra come back on zoom everybody will give everybody an extra week off and then they never come back you know so right but i think there are too many forces keeping us in school and i'm not sure and you know and i think there's a lot of people everyone's trying to stay safe so I, I have no idea where I fall on it. I, I know that the kids love being in school. I love having the kids in school. Yeah, you know what I mean? My own kids and the kids I work with. Right. So I don't know. I think the kids in school, I think it it, it benefits everyone. Uh, you know, if we if 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 keeping the kids at home would 100 percent say we would solve this. Well, we already know that doesn't work. Right. So because it doesn't work, let's you know, maybe school isn't the worst thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's rough. Um, but everybody's like. Still, you know, the art, you know, Audrey and Bryce are great with the masks. They love the masks. I mean, they don't love them, but they're they're good about it. Yeah. Kids at my work, staff, everybody, everybody wears a mask. It is what it is. People are used to it now. Do you think it'll ever it'll never go away now? It feels like this is <laughs> masks. Yeah. I think in time it will. I don't I mean, I don't know what that time frame is, because if you asked me two years ago or you asked anybody two years ago, do you think two years down the road of this, we would see massive increases in infection infection rates and stuff? Yeah. People probably be like, you're crazy. It'd right. be almost it, it should have been over a year ago, you know, and, and uh, here we are. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see. But I think in time, I mean, I. I mean, think about it, what, 50 years from now? I mean, yeah. you know, whatever it looks like. I don't know. But I don't know when the demarcation of 
mask, no mask. But well, it's so funny. We had a I had a contractor out here doing a, you know, an estimate for a job on the in the back. Oh yeah, I'm getting power. I'm getting uh, power run for the Tesla. So right. Yeah, the we talked about that. So one of the guys came out for the estimate, and he said he has a four year old. And he asked the four year old, she he was like, so do you do you remember when you didn't have to wear a mask? She's like, kinda. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah, like being four, four, you know, at least Mikey is what, se- what, seven, right? Yeah, he's seven. Seven, you know, like he remembers not wearing a mask, but kids that are four or five, they might not have any memories without a mask, you know? Yeah, it's kind of weird, you know? <laughs> but yeah, yesterday I got boosted. Oh, good. Okay. So you got the booster. Yeah. So I got my booster yesterday. My woke up, shoulder was pretty sore, but as the day went on, you know, I, I feel fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, of course, back to to work like we were talking with you know at the at the high school and just back in the thick of it and the swing of things yeah and uh you know i mean i can tell everybody's happy to be back you know i think the one thing that would keep kids from coming to school is a lot of teachers being out you know with covid yeah and no substitutes i heard the substitute shortage shortage yeah so there's a lot of teachers who are like you know they're they're not getting their preps and instead they're covering other classrooms and mm-hmm. you know so it's like every, a group of teachers you know there's seven periods in the day and it's like every teacher is an out has a period prep so then they're like that's seven teachers they have to find to cover a class, you know, right. and every, yeah, it's, it's been crazy with that. What, what do you guys do? You're the psych for the students, right? But what do the teachers do for, you know, wellness support? Like through the district or what do you mean? Yeah. I mean, do you guys have like Disney has like, you know, free, you know, ESP, they have free, like, um, they can mind read just wellness programs. <laughs> ESP. No, I think it's. I forget what it stands for. Now, what they do is they'll have like the. Uh, they'll do like yoga. They'll have like yoga classes. But they have. Do they have? Do they have like? Do you have mental wellness in your healthcare package? Well, yeah, you'd have to go get it on your own because it's all it's all bartered, right? Yeah, like through whatever insurance you have, you would you could go get therapy if you need it, I guess. Okay. You know, but I mean, I would say they don't actively promote like wellness. I mean, there is yoga. Mm -hmm. There is a district gym that, you know, staff could go to that's at the district office. I mean, you know, you got to figure, though, teachers go to school. They teach during the day. At the end of the day, they go home, you know, and probably lesson plan, grade papers, whatever Uh teachers do, you know, all that stuff. I would say, you know, my opinion is like I get up in the morning about five uh-huh. Train for an hour, whether that's like bicycle, indoor trainer, you know, smart trainer, bicycle, yeah. uh, barbell, mm-hmm. you know, workouts, whatever I do. And then shower, breakfast, go to work, work. And then, you know, recently, probably the past few weeks, um, using the Calm app to do some like okay. guided breathing meditation stuff, you know. And there you go. You know, the and the thing there, like, it's funny whenever you bring that kind of stuff up to some people, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden they think you're like part of a new religion or something. <laughs> and it's like, no, I don't pray to anybody or anything. All I'm doing is trying to get my brain empty. Yes. So I don't have to think about the things that are stressing me out and I can go to bed easy. Right. You know, like that's kind of all it is. Just shortening the uh, the, the trip to to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one of the things like thoughts are always 
creeping into our brains. Racing, it's, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's like a nonstop revolving door. And, you know, sometimes I just sit quiet and I breathe in and I say breathe in. And when I breathe out, I say it, not, not I say it to myself quietly, mm-hmm. you know, like in my head. Right. And it's funny just saying breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. All of a sudden you're like, I haven't thought about anything in 10 minutes. <laughs> Except my breath. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, okay, you're done with that. It's and it's up to you to be mindful of your thoughts throughout the day to like not get trapped in the anger of life, whatever that means, you know, but yeah, I don't know. So I think that's what people you kind of have to take a proactive approach and take it upon yourself. And I think even if it's offered, like regardless, people have to take advantage of it. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's point. It's pointless. If I just didn't know if there was any promotion, like, you know, it's big in Disney to promote, like, you know, take care of yourself. We have this. We have these resources. You know. Oh, they do that. Yeah, yeah. They'll send out emails or something and say like stressors of the day and yeah. you know, blah 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 and whatever that whatever it is that they're saying and it's like take care of yourself and don't you know like take time you know because. When you're busy, it's, you know, like a lot of people carry busy as like a badge of I'm so busy, you know, and right, right. Like it's some badge of honor and busy is just, you know, a person whose priorities are out of control. (laughs) Yeah. Busy always to me is always like the road to burnout. Exactly. Exactly. Like take a break, you know, and some of my colleagues, I'll get emails I mean, I don't find them until I get to work and there's like an email about, you know, like some autism article or something. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at the timestamp and it's like 1215 a.m. on a (laughs) on Sunday morning, you know, like they're up in the they're up past midnight. Yeah. On Saturday, Sunday morning, whatever. And and looking at autism, I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) If I'm up, it's like I'm. Partying and drinking. <laughs> I'm having the greatest sex of my life. Podcasting with me. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or something or I, whatever I'm doing. I don't know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not reading articles about like school psychology and autism. <laughs> like it's just not, it's just not happening, you know, or I, I don't know. I'm out with a telescope looking at stars or something. I'm doing something, but not that, not you know, that, not that. You're centering on your breath or something like that. Totally, man. Totally. But uh, yeah. And then um, tomorrow we're going to in Ventura, we're going to this like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World dinosaur exhibit thing. Oh, sweet. Uh, at the Ventura uh, Fairgrounds or whatever. I oh, guess nice. it's the Ventura, Ventura Fairgrounds. And uh, it, it's supposed to be that, I guess this thing's like this traveling show that goes all over the country. It has like walking dinosaurs, right? Like humongous. Something like that. Yeah, you got to gotta tell us about that next week for sure. Yeah, and they, and they partnered with like paleontologists to make like the most accurate kind of dinosaurs that they oh, can make awesome. for these exhibits and stuff. And so... Uh, it's a Christmas present from Frank and Barbara. Oh, you know, sweet. The tickets and everything. So the boys are super excited to go. And uh, yeah, so we're going to do that tomorrow. I'm. We have like, t- I think because of COVID again, you know, you have like your time stamp when you could go like. Right, right. Your time is 1030 to 1045, you know, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you check in. I'm assuming it's three or four hours. I don't think it's yeah. much longer than I don't. I have no idea. Oh, that sounds like a blast. Yeah, and I don't think it's that long, though, because they have, like, 
times all day long for people to get in. Right. And like five in the evening, people have a time. So it's like, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> you will report back on that. Report back. <laughs> all right, man. So, yeah, all the COVID stuff. I guess one last thing, too, is like in the medical field, uh-huh. you know, nurses and stuff, doctors, I Ugh. mean, people, you know, and it's funny, like you think about early in COVID, you know, the ICUs and everything were were overrun with COVID patients. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wear a mask quarantine don't do crazy stuff because we need to keep the hospitals open for people who are sick and such right right and now it's not so much that it's that the staff isn't there because they're all out and clarissa's work i asked her about how many people are employed in the building and she said probably more than a hundred uh-huh you know when you look at like nurses rns lvns doctors everybody administrative staff secretaries yeah. custodians whatever right everybody they have 45 people out right now wow and and there's about 19 staff i'm sorry 19 uh residents at their residence okay yeah because she works like in a assisted living facility kind of uh-huh. a place so she's an rn there and so she went in tonight because the typical shift that they would have tonight isn't there so they, they're calling in all the reinforcements wow and backup and so she's there doing this shift getting paid double time so you know you gotta you gotta love that <laughs> but but yeah it's crazy i mean like you know these poor nurses are being you know run ragged and right it's just uh, it's unbelievable i heard the whole thing about traveling nurses Did you hear about that the the traveling nurses get paid like three times the amount that regular nurses oh, get right. paid. And, yeah, and yeah. They, sometimes they're the same people that would have worked there, but now they're, they've rebranded themselves and gone to a contractor basis. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, they're essentially contractors. They're responsible for their own their own insurance. They're 1099, yeah, and then their own insurance. Yeah, they're responsible for all their own benefits, but yeah, you're getting paid triple. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's insane. Oh, and then one last thing on my side is the 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 Tesla uh, K2SO, as I've called him. You know, that's a, that little guy that's on my dashboard that you saw. Right. Um, he it was it was doing a lot of the self driving is is phenomenal and it basically drove the whole I like when I got on the one hundred one here you know in Reseda it drove itself all the way up and we get off at the one fifty four you know and you have to get off there and and do a little jog over to you know so you cut off the corner instead of going the one hundred one all the way up. And that was the only piece I had to drive. I had to drive a little bit on the one one fifty four, and the rest of it was all autopilot. So it was it was amazing. And then on the way home, it rained, and it turned off the autopilot because it was like inclement weather. We cannot do <laughs> full autopilot. So well, what got me? What I found interesting though is you were saying last week, like the higher your safety score, the more likely it is you can get the full auto or something. Right? Wouldn't it be the other way around though? Like if you're just a horrible driver, the car's like, no way, man, you're you're not driving this thing. I'm taking over. <laughs> Well, you're reckless. You're terrible. It has so the safety store has less to do with recklessness, as it does as it has to do with paying attention or or the what whatever 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 factors they can assign to paying attention. Yeah, I see. What because you mean. even with the full auto, even with the full self driving, what was it? I think Monday this week there was a there was one of those slow accidents 
in front of me where there was like a fender bender and it happened. The fender bender happened like a few minutes before we got there, but I'm behind the huge truck, you know? Yeah. And I'm in autopilot. I'm in autopilot and, you know, and there's another car in front of the, the truck and I can't, you know, I can't, you can't see anything, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit a ways behind him, but, but we're, I was going to, you know, tell it to pass, but I just let it be there. And then I realized that the car in front of the truck was pulling out, darting out into the, the next lane. So I take over and I back off. And as I back off, the truck in front of me like stops and it starts to go over into the other lane. <laughs> so I cut the wheel and I cut over. I look over and the, the whole three lanes next to me are all clear. So I'm like, thank God. So I pulled two lanes over, you know, to avoid hitting these two cars trying to come over. And then we see that there's two cars on the shoulder that had a, that just had had an accident and they were trying to come around and one person was getting out of their car. I'm just like, oh, my God, these people just they just don't care. They just get out of their car sometimes, you know. So the two cars in front of us that were driving, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour. The people are getting out after a fender bender and then they are trying to avoid it. So I'm trying to avoid them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no way, you know, the Tesla would have just slammed on its brakes and stopped the car <laughs> in a lurch, you know, and Wouldn't then know put what me to in, do and put me, you know, into into a rear end accident. You know, like it's better to just keep going and, and check to see where it's clear. And if you have braking to me is like secondary or the third thing to think about. It's usually like lateral, like the lateral vision is what I go for if there's an accident, you know? Right. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of instinctual driving that you'd, ha you'd have to like have as a second nature before you get put behind something that's like this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it's I mean, man, that thing's pretty quick. <laughs> and then it's crazy how it breaks. You just let off the gas and the thing just like comes to a stop. Dead stop. Yeah. Yeah, insane. All right, so you said we have a theme. Uh-huh. Let me see if I can figure out the theme really quick. Okay. 80s movies. <laughs> no, it to me so my the my, the theme that I was going for was this Well, you know why I said 80 80s movies? Cuz they both feel like 80s. Like well, one feels like 70s. X? Well, one's Ghost. Okay, Ghost. Okay, yeah, Ghost. And the other one is like a, a cross between Friday the 13th and Psycho. Okay. Mother, mother, mother. <laughs> yeah, like X by A24. And it, well, it's like when you think about Friday the 13th or any of those 80s horrors movie, horror movies, it's always once like the guy doesn't hack them up until they start having sex. Right. And so they're filming a porn. <laughs> so, of course, everybody gets hacked up. <laughs> right. Right. So which one are we going to do first? Uh, let's do the in between. OK, the in between. Yeah. The, the less of the less fun one. <laughs> So the, the so the, the in between it it's first of all Paramount Plus. We should have done three trailers. <laughs> Why? Because this would have been the in between. The in between we could have done it in the middle. Okay. Yeah. But the in between. So it's it's a Paramount Plus movie. So Paramount Plus. Like, do you like the 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 trailer to the trailer where she's like talking to you? <laughs> yeah. So I I made a note of that. I said you know the trailer to the trailer is like a well worn trope. Yeah. So now it's they're they're avoiding an actual 
trailer to the like the trailer that tells you what the trailer is or whatever. Yeah. And now they're just it's just an actor just telling you, I'm so excited to share this with you. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but you're not really sharing it with me. Like whatever it's just it's it's weird well you know she she's she's trying to personalize it you know what i mean i guess i guess it works for her personal fans you know what i mean it it feels like it's something that she would put on her own instagram you know what i mean like yeah 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 but it's very to me it's strange to have it in a generic version that's gonna be on youtube forever or whatever um but then it's also the fact that she's talking about paramount plus it's a little comical that, you know, like we're talking about yet another streaming service. And, uh, and it's like, this is not moving the needle for me to go get Paramount Plus. No, not this one. But I thought it was inter- to me, it was interesting that I didn't, you know, I didn't even think of Ghost. It is. It does have the ghost vibe now that you said it. And I can't I can't unthink it. But <laughs> but to me, it hit like it was uh, it was turning into a, like a horror flick. Oh, you think so? Well, it the to me the Ouija board and the the old lady oh yeah the, you know yeah. that it could have gone either way and yeah and now that you said go you know like I said I can't unthink it so the minute you say ghost then it then it loses all of its horror cred <laughs> right now it's all of a sudden like a, a death rom com yeah exactly which is yeah. like that is a that is a whole genre you know well it is now there's two movies. Well, there's more than two movies. There's a one. Is it one with Reese Witherspoon and uh, Mark Ruffalo before Mark Ruffalo was the Hulk? That's like where where they die or something. And uh, I think he's he's dead and she's unconscious and he has to you know like save her because she's in the in between. Reese Witherspoon is like a, a oh. nurse or a doctor that's unconscious in the hospital in a coma. And he used to live in the apartment where she lives and or she or he moves into the apartment thinking that she's not going to come back and then she comes back. But I don't know. Anyway. Oh, and then La- Last Christmas, Do you, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Have you seen Last, Christ- Last Christmas? I have not seen it, but I, I'm familiar. We, we, we covered it last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you should see it. OK. It's got your it's got your uh, dragon whisperer or whatever her name is. Emily Clark. Yeah. Emily uh, Clark. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess there's a number of movies like this. I mean, even if you think about it, Groundhog Day, really, <laughs> because he's kind of in between until he gets it right. Right. He's in a he's in a yeah, he's in a uh, what's that called? The in between has a limbo limbo. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. He's like in limbo. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it comes out Valentine's Day. It strikes me as a teeny bopper, like right in Audrey's age bracket. Are, are teeny boppers, are, are teens and tweens making like streaming decisions in households where, you know what I mean? Like if I, if I, if I didn't have a streaming service and Audrey came to me and said, I have to watch the in-between because of the, this hunky guy that's melting sunglasses and stuff. <laughs> like I would just be like, find something on Netflix to watch little girl. You know what I mean? Like I would not. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends how indulgent of a parent you are oh i guess so i guess so i mean there's probably indulgent parents are like five bucks a month sure whatever what did i do the other day i I got the kids something like that i bought arthur christmas that's just like yeah you know something that we buy or rent yeah so i'll rent movies here and there and I guess at some point, you know, like we were talking to, there's a lot of movies that aren't going cross-platform. Right. But what I find is, like, we rented 
Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, yeah. And it's on a number of different platforms, even though it is Warner Brothers. So I don't know where, like, maybe because Warner Brothers doesn't have their own streamer. Right. They dish it out to, you know, Amazon or Apple or whatever that might be. Or or even more confusing, HBO Max and Disney Plus both have, like, Ron's Gone Wrong. Oh, right. Yeah. It's the same movie, and they're but they're in two platforms premiering at the same time, and it's just like... All right, I guess so. I guess I guess there was a deal. Yeah, and it's weird too because sometimes you'll see them. It's on one platform, three ninety nine. Another platform, four four ninety nine, and then another one, five ninety. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know what? You know what? So that pangolin. Thank you. We need. To, <laughs> we still need to do pangolin. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, X. X. A, a new one from A twenty four. And yeah, I mean, A24 has kind of a, a trailer junkies soft spot, I think. Oh, it's such a good trailer. Yeah, I love it. And the movie, the movie. So to me and, you know, in between. Eh. I love the music in the in the in the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it it's the trailer is pitch perfect for what I imagine this movie to be. You know, I. I <laughs> The way that they they sell it at the beginning, you know, they sell it as this sexploitation kind of 70s look at porn in the early, you know, 70s or 80s or whatever. And then when they when they go to that house and they're on that field, it's like it it really it has that uh Dawn of the Dead kind of it has a zombie feel to it to me. A little bit. Yeah. Well, the guy's the guy's wife or whatever. Who knows what's going on there? <laughs> She's got some serious problems. Oh, and then has the hereditary uh, legacy card. So, you know, it's from the people who, who gave you hereditary, which is a, a phenomenal horror movie. Still, yeah, I never still, saw it. Still one of my favorite horror movies. Not not so much the Midsummer. I saw Midsummer, and I was not a, not too big of a fan of that. I heard that got poor reviews. But Hereditary is great, and then this kind of it has it has these great actors in it, and it has that grainy quality. It has this low, bad focus kind of thing going on throughout. Well, and then you get the 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 square aspect ratio at times, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know it's got the film the film camera right, and uh, and I'm hoping it was shot on film. You know, and it just it has that that grain grain dirty feel of of low quality or low light you know like super eight or something super eight yeah <laughs> so it's just the single perf super eight you know it looks great and if it didn't have so much sex in it i would say audrey and i would watch this together because we watch a lot of horror movies together she actually wants to go she wants to go see scream and because scream was one of the first horror movies that she saw the original scream so she's like oh she's feeling nostalgic to see this scream, the the, the news, the news scream. And I was like, that's so hilarious. Like you could feel like she's what, 15 oh, turning 16 next month. And she's feeling nostalgic <laughs> over, over something she saw last year. Well, and it's funny though, because you know, when you think about the premise of this movie and you're talking about like, Oh yeah, see with Audrey, whatever it's, you know, it's like, Father daughter watching like softcore. <laughs> well, that's what I said. If it was, if it was just, if it was just a horror movie, uh, right? That, you know, like so. 
if the premise had shifted from oh we're going to the house to shoot this porn but they never but but if they never got to shooting the porn and zombies you know descended on the house and they instead had to shoot the film that was the zombie film you know what i mean like the dawn right. of the dead but it was real life yeah then it would yeah. be okay but there's clearly very uh there's a lot more yeah it's a lot closer to Friday the 13th, which I would never watch with Audrey because of because it's very like sexually, you know, like there's a whole that, like you said, that whole that whole genre, the subgenre of the slasher, the original slasher stuff. Yeah. No one gets slashed until you have sex. Well, once you're getting busy, here comes the, the crazy killer guy. And I and I think Scream did a good job of playing that down. Like they played it up as a trope, but they didn't really like. They didn't do it as uh, exploitively as as like the original Friday 13th and stuff. When you think about Friday the 13th, though, like it's very Freudian, (laughs) you know, I mean, like they're this like repressed sexual desires or whatever it is. And the mom complex and right, you know, and it's just it was just so bizarre. And then, you know, every time. Two teenagers are in bed together. They get a harpoon through their. <laughs> through their yeah, bed. like all of a sudden, here comes the butcher knife <laughs> or something, and it, it's just so like bizarrely Freudian. Yeah, yeah, it's just I don't get it. But <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, X is something I would probably watch. I don't know what platforms it'll be coming to. Maybe rentals or something. Yeah, uh, the in between, definitely not. It's just even if it was on Netflix, it's not in my wheelhouse. Right. You know, it's just I, I, I don't think a middle aged guy is the demographic of the in between. <laughs> we have we have better things for trainer and charger fodder. <laughs> <laughs> right. So with that said, let's get into some of the trainer and charger uh, watching. So, yeah, I mean, you know, back to work. Uh, back to school, back to everything from winter break. We haven't been watching nearly as much, though we have watched a little bit. You caught up on Boba? Uh, all caught up on Boba. Yeah, the book of Boba Fett. Okay. I I sent you that thing about why the... Why the Tuscans are important, yeah. Tuscan Raiders are, are so important. Uh-huh. After watching that YouTube thing, I feel like it was a little bit more... Like it explained it a little bit more like, okay, I guess. You need you need a little... Us, us less fanboy you know we're we are we don't spend all of our time and energy like thinking about this stuff so we need a little bit a little bit of a uh we need a crutch uh, yeah we need a little bit of a art like a, a contextual placement of of everything exactly, exactly. D- did you have so when so obviously spoiler alert when uh when boba returns to the the tuscan camp and it's decimated yeah and they're all burned yeah. What was your what was your first thought? Aww. <laughs> my first, I mean, my first yeah. thought, which I was quickly corrected by my family, was, oh my God, is this Anakin? <laughs> Did Anakin do this? And I was like, oh, the timeline's all off. You know, this is Luke, after Luke was, you know, Luke had already, you know, or Han had already tossed you know, Bubba Fat into the Sarlacc. So this is years and years and years later. So no, it's not. Yeah, Jabba's gone. But it's just, it's just to me, it's just a sign that these, these Tuscan camps, you know, they're they're harsh people on 
on strangers, but look at what the strangers do to them. <laughs> like their camps get eradicated and burned to the ground on the regular basis. You know, it's awful. It did. It did indicate that it was like that gang that was, right. they were spray painting the one building, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With the, with the whale bones or whatever. Right. No, I was kind of sad about it because, you know, he built the relationship with them. Yeah. And the, the, the series is, gone above and beyond to like humanize them right so they're not just these desert people out there just you know they're they're, they're not savages yes they've they're they're they've just learned to survive in the desert in the in the wilderness they they are they are harsh because their environment is harsh exactly and they do what they needed to do to survive yeah and i mean so far uh three episodes in you know it has its fits and starts and it's a bit slow at times and it kind of as you think you move beyond all of a sudden you it pulls you right back in to to the Tuscan Raiders. But the black haired Wookiee <laughs> and he opened up the tank. I mean, Mike hit the ceiling. <laughs> and uh yeah, that was that that was a, a, a good one. That was a good my, fight. my family my family was like, is Bubba Fett naked? Are we gonna see <laughs> We're gonna see bare cheeked Bubba Fat. And oh, luck, luckily he had some shorts on there. He went in the tank with some swim trunks. His boxer briefs. Oh <laughs> man. And then we finished Squid Game. Okay, okay. So yeah, we're the last ones to finish. Uh-huh. Yeah. But hey, I'll, uh, you know, we, we won the billions. <laughs> you got to the end. Yeah, we got to the end. Uh yeah. Too open-ended for you. I think you and I were talking earlier. I, uh, I, uh, Just end it. I don't think it's open-ended. I'm not a, like, if that's where it ends and it never comes back, I'm completely happy with that ending. Right. I don't want to see a season two. Right. Now he's going to go <laughs> investigate him. The brother comes back who fell off the cliff. On and on and it goes, yeah, right? Yeah. You're just like, oh, my God, here we go. They're just going to be writing. Like, it goes from a crazy, gory sort of a game thing, whatever it was. Right. Now they're just, like, filling time for sponsors. Yeah. And to me, this is like, this is a, it's a perfect allegory for fill in the blank. You know what I mean? Like, you could, exactly. you could make it an allegory for a Half a dozen things at least. Let your imagination take over. You know, whatever whatever you got a whatever you got a personal penance for, you can make this an allegory for and do that. You don't need you don't need to complicate it with by continuing it, you know? And I think right. to me it's that and and luckily there are no real sponsors in this Netflix game. So the art can just be the art, you know, like Lost to me. Lost was something that was beautiful and great. <laughs> and then by season five or six, I, I think it actually had a couple extra seasons, you know, beyond our Trailer Junkies four seasons uh, that were worth something. Typically three seasons, but that's OK. Three seasons. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but this the like lost at the end they were just like write something write anything we'll put the you know 
we'll have Kate read the phone book and people will watch because she's in a wet T-shirt and <laughs> on Hawaii, Hawaiian Island, you know? Well, on the Roku, when you turn on the Roku and you go to you go to like mouse over to the channels that you're looking for, it feeds you like a show or something or feeds you a channel. Right. As a little sidebar advertisement. Sure enough, I go to like put on Netflix or whatever it was. The sidebar advertisement was the next season of The Walking Dead. Oh. And they, it said something like the beginning of the, the end. Fu- so I'm like, my first thought was, that is still on? Who is watching it? Why? Why is it still on? Who's watching it? You know, it's just, it's a zombie soap opera. Oh, yes. And it, it, the title, The Beginning of the End, it, it leads me to think like this is the last season and it's starting... You know, they were kind of advertising the first episode. It's like the beginning and it's going to just be the last season. And it should it should have been the last season 10 seasons ago. You know, it, it's funny because the show itself has become a zombie of a television show. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. But, you know, and I guess the, the final comment about Squid Game. Uh-huh. So we watched american dubbing oh right right yes with american subtitles right or english subtitles right english yeah so the dubbing and the subtitles were completely different Uh uh-huh so they weren't the same which was interesting though because when they when you would hear it they would say what they said and you read it and you would read what they said and they weren't the same but they were similar right which really i think was beneficial because you got to really take apart the the translation and, and, and understand the translation better. I, I, I don't know. So I turned it off at points because it was too, too different. But I think... Oh, you saw it too that way. I saw it too that way, but I, I was mostly... This was mostly trainer fodder for me. So I would I would watch this at like 5.30 in the morning on the right. treadmill, you know what I mean? And I'm exactly. like trying to read, listen, and ignore lips, you know? And, right, right. And I think the only time that it was... That it was the, I guess the time that I noticed it to be the most beneficial was when the rich guys finally came in with their masks and stuff. Because the things that they were talking about, the things that they were saying was the subtext of the whole series. You know what I mean? Like the reason that the people are doing it is for the the enjoyment and the edification for these rich guys. Right. Yeah. Right. So because they were. And I love how they're American. <laughs> And of all, you know, yeah. Like American billionaires. American billionaires from Texas and stuff, yeah. Um, but I think that was the that was the thing to me that they were, you know, that was the whole drive for the whole thing. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was decent. Uh, um I I <laughs> to bridge into the Witcher a little bit. Well, really quick, I wanted to make one more comment. A a couple things when you think about like the audience that you have. And it's a Korean, in, the, in this case, Korean, but it could be it could be any other country. Yes. When you have a foreign a foreign film, foreign series, whatever, you have to get your dubbing right, too, though, because, you know, they're sitting there talking about the Korean War. And in Korea, it's the American War. <laughs> they don't they don't call it like the Korean War. Yeah. You know, it, it, so when you think of it that way, too, it's kind of it's kind of bizarre how they they dub it and such for an American audience. And there were other things, too, like the way that they were talking about the money and, you know, things in that regard. And it was very like 
American-centric in how they were presenting it to the audience. Yeah. Whereas if you just stuck with the straight-on Korean, I think it would have been better culturally and everything, and and more it would have lended itself to more uh, educational to uh, maybe a less traveled audience. Yeah. So, but th- th- that's it. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing I was going to say for the meta watching of these shows was the meta watching, pulling it out, man. I love it. <laughs> so we, you know, as you know, we've we, and so is this for Squid Game or is this for The Witcher? We're, it's for both. Okay. So so The Witcher, we started The Witcher and we watched it this week. It was kind of our lunchtime and evening evening as much as i could stay awake Anne's always like we can watch an episode in bed because it's very loud uh, a lot of it's lot of action loud. and so right the, you know the bryce will come out of his bedroom it's too loud it's too loud so we can watch it in our in our bed on the ipad it's just yennefer naked doing her thing <laughs> oh man yennefer is amazing you like them indian women huh oh. <laughs> she's amazing <laughs> uh yes uh, pretty gorgeous. I, forgo- pretty I forgot. Gorgeous. I forgot my whole train of thought because, you know, the fact that you know you see her as a hunchback for like a couple episodes, or she comes out in that green dress, man. You're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, and <laughs> well, Ed and I are like, we can't follow it for shit. Like it, it jumps timelines. It doesn't do any. You know, right, like right. Book of Boba. When you go to a flashback, we're gonna see the tank, and we're gonna know that the next scene is gonna be a flashback. But but Witcher has three distinct timelines and you don't know necessarily where you are because half the characters don't age. And there's in season two, there are also it jumps around and there are times when you're even way more confused. (laughs) I'm like, I was even telling Chris, I'm like, wait a minute, what's what is going on? Like, I was just like, I I, I pause. I'm like, explain it to me. (laughs) So within the first two episodes, Anne and I pull out IMDb and we start like just like flipping through all the characters. And of course for Yennefer's uh, actress, they don't show her as the hunchback with the crazy jaw abscess or whatever. (laughs) Oh, you weren't, you didn't see her in the show yet as her transformation. We do. I, the transformation was spoiled to me because I was looking at her in, you know, I was like, oh, well, they're not going to keep this under wraps for you know, the whole season. They're going to have to like, you know, she's way she's too good way looking too beautiful to, have, to exactly be wasting this right. with the hunchback. So and they pull her uterus, you know, <laughs> that was so gross. It's so it does, it's very gross show. It's very graphic show. And and at every time we finish an episode, Anne's like, I'm out. I think I think we, I don't have to watch this. We're not into fantasy. We're not fantasy people. And I keep saying to her, it's just like the Lord of the Rings. It's just like the Lord of the Rings. Let's just keep watching it. <laughs> so and that you kind of beat me to the punch a little bit. So you aren't fantasy people. We aren't. Well, you know, but think about it, though. Star Wars is is sci-fi fantasy. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but okay, that aside, but you guys aren't medieval fantasy. We're not medieval fantasy. So what got you to watch this? You. I know, but uh, that doesn't mean you have to, like, you didn't have to watch it because we watch it. Well, you know, I try plenty of things to watch with Anne, and she's like, and I'm like, and and she likes Henry Cavill, so I'm like, oh, look, Henry Cavill's here. 
And then in the first He's episode, handsome. and in the first episode, there's like a garden full of naked women. I was like, I think we could watch this show. <laughs> this shows are pretty interesting. Yeah, when he goes to see the wizard guy, whatever. But I was like, you're, you're in Harry Potter. You're into Lord of the Rings. Like, this is not far off from that. Like, this is this is in that wheelhouse of fanta- fantastic beasts and 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 uh, and and journeys. You know, they're in a journey. And then I tried to pull the analogy that you were making between the Mandalorian and and The Witcher. Oh, right. And Anne's totally not bought in on that. I was like, you talk to Jimmy. We're on we're on pod. We're in the podcast pod squad chat. Like you can ask him about it there. <laughs> I get it. I get. I get it. I get it. I see it. I, my opinion. I see the parallel. I see it. I see the parallel for sure. Well, what do we always say? There's like what thirteen storylines or something, and yeah, there's like seven. There's like seven true different stories. Yeah, or whatever it is, right? Exactly. That all movies come from. So at some point, like you have ghost, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I was about to say, like, what's your? I mean, give me your like uh, three word review or something about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, more Yennefer, please. Yeah, I don't more know. <laughs> no, there's something about so like the the happenstance of the love affair between uh, Ger, what's his name, Gerbalt, <laughs> Geralt, Geralt, Rivia, Geralt of Rivia. Something about him and Yennefer like missing each other and then finally coming together and then and then like and then she finds out that it was like. His third wish was actually to have them be together, and right, you know that, and that spoils it for her. Like I was like, oh, leave it to the women to be like. To me, that's like the the that would be the biggest compliment. Compliment, and yet she's taking it the wrong way. <laughs> like, so did you guys finish the season yet, or no? Yeah, we're we're one episode into the second season. Okay, so you saw the dragon scene, and we love the dragon scene. Yeah, the guy falls off the cliff, and poof, he's the dragon. I know, I know, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but even more so, he's there when. Um, Geralt is a boy, right? So he's 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 played a part, and I said, look at look at his eyes. His eyes are pretty dragony eyes, you know. Like he's got to be part dragon or something. So you're into the second the second. Uh... We're one episode into the second season, and Anne's like, "Is this a different little girl, the Cecil, Cecilia, whatever, Scylla?" And I said, "No, there was so many years between the two seasons that she grew up. Right. She went from sixteen to twenty or something. Exactly between the, between the and those are formative years. You know, what like is a, it circa? No, Cirque uh, Cersei, Cersei or something. Right? No, that's from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Cyril, Cyril. I don't know. Cilia, Cil- Cilia, Silica, what? Silica. Gel. I got uh, for Christmas. <laughs> I I got Clarissa the first five books. Okay, good. So there's eight books total. Yeah, I think maybe there's nine. They're short. Some of them are short stories, right? Well, like- the first book is a series of short stories, and from what I was reading. The guy, he's a Polish guy, and yep. it's you know it's been translated into English, mm-hmm. and he was putting out these short stories in like a newspaper or something. Well, he won he won a he won a writing contest on his first one, but he got yeah, yeah. he got third place because they they, they considered fancy child's play, <laughs> but <laughs> but the people who read it during the competition were turned into such super fans that they just like begged him to write more, and he wrote more and more short stories on it. It's- well, and while are you guys being fed? 
the all the Witcher stuff that's on Netflix. There's like oh no, the making of Witcher, the story of Witcher, the like. There's like ten different documentaries on the Witcher. Okay, cool. No, we haven't done that yet. We only watched a couple of them though. There's too many. Anne's doing all Anne's doing all the research <laughs> online about it. Of course it. she is. <laughs> um, I'm I'm only watching Ed Ed Norton or whatever Ed Graham or whatever the British talk show is. Um, where Henry Cavill goes on and he talks about The Witcher because I I want to see because apparently he's a huge Witcher fan. Oh, okay. And he knows about The Witcher. He does all his own stunts too. He does all his own stunts, and and he's correcting like scripts script notes on the show <laughs> while they're while that's they're not filming. How it goes. He's like, that's not, yeah, that's not what it would have happened, you know? Wasn't he <laughs> Superman or something? Yeah, he was Superman. Yeah, exactly. okay, right, right. Uh, but my favorite thing on the show was. Uh, he he was uh, I forget his name Graham whatever his name is. So the the host of the British talk show is says to him, "You're breaking Netflix records." And Henry Cavill gives him the side eye, and he goes, "Yeah, a lot of things break records over Netflix." <laughs> so I was like, I love that he's like throwing shade on Netflix using like breaking records as like a marketing ploy. It's hilarious, you know. <laughs> so I love I love that he's just like he just acknowledges to the room that. Yeah, anything that they want to promote breaks records. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I said I wanted to tie it in with Squid Games. Squid Games like broke all the records, you know, and then Witcher broke all the records before that. And, you know. The books came out like in the nineties. Right. And I think, you know, early two thousands. Oh, eighty eighty six was the first of the first of the short stories but yeah i think early 90s was the books yeah and i want to say it was like 2006 2007 somewhere in there uh video games 2007 was the video game yeah the first game. yeah video game then uh i think it was like then the tv show came out on netflix there's a role-playing game like dungeons and dragons sort of role-playing game of the witcher and then like now yeah, so it's like blown up into this huge franchise it's amazing i think a greater franchise than a a game of thrones i mean that was the books and the shows okay granted huge right but this is like video games rp tabletop rpgs tv shows books i mean it's like all kinds of stuff you know every every angle right Yeah. yeah and it's like and not just like a video game but it's like there's multiple versions of the video game sequels There are plenty of times where Henry Cavill's walking down a magnificently lit hallway in a castle, and he's walking from light to darkness to light. (laughs) And as he's walking through this beautiful hallway that, you know, is just so professionally lit, it looks like... uh, a video game a little bit and I right. I always have this uncanny valley of like it's just him walking down a hallway there's no way they would do that you know in in post and you know <laughs> in digital graphics but it just looks so good you know oh yeah no i mean it's it's well shot i mean and, oh and you said the first season didn't have uh yeah i brought that back we we talked about this a few weeks ago you you said you yeah you said and and then you said it you were you misremembered it but i was like it is it is phenomenally produced i think what it was i think it was that the the trailer for season two looked so well done 
I think it like overshadowed the first season. Uh-huh. And and it's just from my recollection of the and then we rewatched the first season, but my recollection of that helped. That that was that was that helped you, yeah. Right. And then my recollection of the first season was like, oh, the first season wasn't that great. We watched it again. I was like, what am I thinking? The first season is amazing, you know. And and the fact that you binged it too the first time around. Oh yeah, we watched it probably in three days <laughs> or whatever. Right. So do you you remember now the gift of no wait the law of surprise? Yeah, it was. So it was uh, with the wedding or something. So the law of surprise means that you're you you are great you are you are you need payment for something you have done for someone. So you you enact the law of surprise to to take payment, but you take payment from that person, and then they will give you something that is to be named at a later date. And it's either a parcel of uh, crop or it's something else. Or if you're lucky enough, it's a child. Yeah. So when that person has a child, then they have the gift of surprise and they have to give the child to you, which to me is ridiculous. But it makes sense in medieval <laughs> times and in these crazy male centered games you know, in, the, in the gaming in the gaming space where you're kind of in that thing. But to me, it was so ridiculous how it came up and how important it is to the whole structure of what's going what's going down and and your whole destiny is tied up in this in this the the law I you know I you know I I want the law of surprise or whatever the I, the gift of surprise there. It it just it to me it was so ridiculous <laughs> and and so important and it just I don't know to me it was it was something that was so farcical. And yet everyone, everyone within the world of The Witcher takes it so seriously that to me, it's such a it's it's ludicrous. <laughs> but I love it. I love it for that. That's cool. I'm glad you guys are watching. Having fun. Yeah. And then uh, we did Bad Sport or we I started Bad Sport. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So they're pretty long. There's a there's a bunch of them, right? It's a series. It's a series and they're pretty long. I mean, they're like more they're like over an hour, hour and a half, you know, each episode. And it's pretty much the quick and dirty is there's a sport that they're covering race car driving, college basketball, whatever. And there's some crime associated with that sport. So basketball, they're shaving points. The The race car guy, he's selling marijuana to fund his race car <laughs> habit, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So those are the first two that I saw. Okay. Uh, there's others, of course. So I'm looking forward to watching more. And what I like about it, though, is it's kind of like the untolds. Okay. So Untold, there was the, I think it was called Breaking Point, and it was a tennis one. I'm not a huge tennis guy, mm-hmm. but I was totally, it was it was awesome. I was totally taken by it, you know, and you learn about uh, Marty Fish was this uh, yeah. top tennis guy in the States, and on and on it goes. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get into it here, but, but you take a sport and a story in sport and something you know nothing about... But that the sport is or, or the, the the angle that they tell about it is, you know, like college basketball. OK, sure. College basketball, like especially the tournament comes around. It's so ubiquitous and everything. But then you get into this like point shaving thing and this guy gambling and, you know, how Arizona State goes down. Oh. They fire everybody and yeah. such. And so it's it's cool how you get these like 
these sports stories and you know like a few weeks ago we watched a screwball i don't know if you ever seen that oh no i haven't seen that one and it was about the the guy who was supplying a rod with all the steroids oh no it was like a rod mark mcguire manny ramirez yeah um jose canseco all those guys you know and and those juiced guys (laughs) no we're not doing peds but they're but they're juiced out there (laughs) and it was this guy was it was about the guy who was supplying them and everything it was great it was you know but these angles of sport and whether it's a a mainstream sport like baseball yeah or much less mainstream like uh formula one or something you know or whatever and you're just yeah it was it's cool so far i like those kinds of things did you ever see seven days in hell no i never did It, to me, it's it is one of the best mockumentaries. Okay, I think it's I think it's this is Spinal Tap and then Seven Days in Hell. I think it ranks that high. Seven Days in Hell. It's when you when you get uh, HBO Max back when you have to go back for what are you going back for the House of House of the Dragon House of the Dragon when you get into House of Dragon check out Seven Days in Hell in the middle of that because in hell Seven Days in Hell it's about it's about a tennis fake tennis pro who's Andy Sandberg <laughs> and what and one of your favorite uh speaking of house of whatever Kit Harrington from uh oh okay from from that from that whatever oh it's fairly new then Game Game of Thrones uh let's see what year is this 2015. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not old. So so not not super old, but but it's basically just these two guys and he's like kind of he has this Bjork he has this Bjork hair and he's like the bad boy of tennis, Andy Sandberg. God. <laughs> and Kit Harrington and him kind of have at it and it through the through the whole thing. So it's it's just an amazing documentary. And and it's played completely straight. You know, which is sure. which is the the best mockumentaries, like best in show, like best in show, yeah. But you know, I something about Seven Days in Hell just makes me even more giddy than any of the Christopher Guest stuff. <laughs> so I mean, except for I guess okay, okay, I guess this is Spinal Tap is Christopher Guest. So so it is, yeah. It's so Christopher Guest. Oh, did he do this one? No, no, but, but oh, okay. But I'm saying like he's the king of mockumentaries. Sure. And this is just right under there above Mighty Wind and <laughs> Best in Show and Right, um, right. But yeah. So but speaking of Kit Harrington, we saw the the Unstoppables. No, the Eternals. <laughs> The Eternals. Oh, the Eternals. So that it was. <laughs> so Audrey did have one competition that she ended up going to the varsity. She's on JV, but they asked her to to come to a varsity match on Friday night. And she was like, don't come because we're going on the bus and it's super far away. And if I don't play, I'm going to feel bad at you guys wasting the evening, you know? And I'm like, all right. So I get it. You're kind of hanging out with your girlfriends at a water polo varsity thing. So it was cool. She went to go do that and she already saw the Eternals. So Bryce, Ann and I watched the Eternals last night and halfway through. And what platform? Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Disney Plus. It came out this week. I forget whether it came out Wednesday or Friday. I think everything's releasing on Wednesday now on Disney Plus. I'm getting more and more into the, we call them calls to action on on the platform, you know, like streaming now or coming this Wednesday or coming this date. Anyway, we'll have to check it out. Was it good? It was good. I liked it a lot. I'm not... I can understand why many people did not. So, so the thing you said about Black Widow is uh, forgettable, right? Like a yeah, it is. You it is within the fodder of the legacy of 
the MCU. So this is MCU and it's a standalone and it has no characters or no connection to anything else in the MCU except for Guardians of the Galaxy because we have Ego, you know, like Ego was the planet celestial that turns out to be Star-Lord's dad and also the villain or whatever. Oh, right, right, right. So he's a celestial. That's the same species as the the main, you know, villain or arch, you know, character of this movie, not even the main character, but the driver of the Eternals. And so it's interesting it sets up a lot of stuff, and it is a interesting, very existential kind of movie. So uh, it has existential points to it. It's poignant, but then it's very typical in its action. So the action is very comic book, you know, like the villains are clearly villains, and, you know, it kind of has some twists and turns to it. But check it out. It's it's a superhero movie. It goes two and a half hours long. So we watched uh, an hour and a half of it. And Anne was like, oh, the, the car needs to charge. We should go watch this in the, in the Tesla and uh, go pick up Audrey. You know, and I was like, all right, we're not going to be in the car long enough to finish the, you know, the next hour and a half of this. But fine, we'll go net watch the next half hour. So we took a break, got over the, the charging, the supercharger charged up there. Then there was still an hour left of the movie. <laughs> so we came home, watched the rest of the movie. And then Audrey called us and said she was on her way to back to school to go pick her up. But yeah, so I love it. I love the end credit scenes. They they set up a lot. They they kind of bring Venom and and that whole symbiote kind of thing into the space. And and Kit Harrington, Kit Harrington again in this as well. So and Kit Harrington and uh who's the Madden? There's a there's a Stark house of stark guy in there oh i don't i have to see it i i don't know yeah so two of the main characters are well kid harrington's a bit character but the main character is also from game of thrones so two oh, game okay. of thrones guys in there yeah yeah oh and then uh i i think i i definitely have mentioned this on the podcast before but tick tick boom yeah you've talked about it a few times talked about it a few times but I think Jonathan Larson is truly like, and and Andrew Garfield. This it lives on. We play the we play the soundtrack in our car going to school almost every day. the The songs in it are phenomenal. Yeah. So you've gotten so from what you thought wasn't very good, you've like you're totally like into it now. Into it now. There are three musicals that we listen to on the regular, and it's Encanto, Tick Tick Boom, and Hamilton. <laughs> so we listen to these in the car. And they're all Lin Manuel Miranda, you know, except for except for Jonathan Larson did most of Tick Pick Boom, but it definitely has you know a little little taste, a little touch of 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 Lin Manuel because Lin Manuel directed it or whatever produced the the Tick Tick Boom uh, Netflix feature, and he taught Andrew Garfield how to sing, you know, to like Jonathan Larson. But I think it's so it's such a bittersweet thing. You know, when you think of, we often think about how talented and how lucky Leonardo DiCaprio has been and how different life would have been for Leo DiCaprio and the rest of the world had River Phoenix not passed away. Oh, yeah, true. Because if River Phoenix had not passed away, those roles that, that Leo DiCaprio ended up taking, he would have split them. Sure. Maybe 50-50 or lost most of them to, to River Phoenix. Sure thing. And to me... The things that 
we know Lin-Manuel Miranda for doing were put into motion by Jonathan Larson. You know, like this mixing of genres and this this really well-rounded approach from different angles and just knowledge of music and in, in its different signatures and all that stuff is something that Lin-Manuel Miranda is excellent at. But to know that Jonathan Larson predates him and kind of was the father of it before him, you know, was kind of great. So I don't know. I said I didn't want to see Rent with him, you know, because we're going to go see Hamilton. Hopefully, if the if the theaters stay open, uh, we're going to see Hamilton finally. Is it coming back out or coming back around? Yeah, it's it's out here at the Pantages. So I turned it down over the over the holidays. So I think we're going to see that and we're going to see Moulin Rouge. Oh, OK. In the next quarter here. So we've we pre-bought some tickets for February. Hopefully uh, the theaters won't close down for February. But uh, I know. Yeah. And then we fit, we did uh, Rise of Skywalker tonight. Oh, yeah. That's so right. as I mentioned, Clarissa was uh, or she she's out of work. So we had me and the two boys. So we had the bachelor party. <laughs> Don't watch that with the kids. They're not old enough yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> with the topless nun. Isn't that the best? Right, right. <laughs> but it was better than the first time. It's it's the second time I saw it. It uh, was better than the first time I saw it, I think. I just, you know, maybe, maybe I just understood more of what was going on set the second go through. Right. Okay. We watched A New Hope again, you know, the original Star Wars uh, earlier in the week, um, you know, for the millionth time at least myself <laughs> but you watch the you watch the special edition because i had not returned the original yet to you the, the the original theatrical release yeah yeah so we had to which i luckily got out of my tesla today today to you i was very happy to hand those off to you yeah it's nice to have them back we'll have to watch them now and the boys were like yes they were excited but yeah and that's it you know and then just my typical few hours a week of youtube videos and watching and people i subscribe to on there but where what do you watch on there anything anything of note uh, not really i mean i watch some uh like this one called active towns oh, okay yeah 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 okay nice yeah the guy interviews stuff about like you know making your towns better for people kind of a thing i watch a couple of like dungeons and dragons things oh, that's cool like running games right uh watch some other cycling stuff and then <laughs> i'll go on and sometimes youtube just feeds me something and i'm like all right i just watch some like brain dead top states people are moving to in 2022 <laughs> you know and i'll just so, be like oh. so youtube thinks you're a city planner <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, and YouTube definitely knows that I own a Tesla because they're feeding me Tesla videos through the, through, through the nose. And I, and what did I watch? I watched three videos on different people installing uh, kick sensors on their, on their trunk. A kick sensor? Yeah. So, the, you know, the sensor where you put your foot under the back bumper. Okay. And when you when you put your foot under the back bumper, the, the tailgate opens. Oh, no, I didn't know that. So like if you have a handful of groceries. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when you approach the trunk, your hands are full. Exactly. So you put your foot under the back bumper. Oh, that's cool. And it opens it. And then, you know, when you're taking groceries out, the last load that you have, you always have to, I, you know, that's why I had children was I said, hey, kids, somebody go out there and close the trunk. You know what I mean? So now you can just kick it and it closes. And it knows it's you because you have the key fob close enough. Exactly. Right, right. 
Yeah. So I'm I, I it's only eighty five dollars for the kick sensor kit, but you have to rip out your whole trunk and your whole all the panels on the back. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. Well, did they put it in for you? I don't have one. It's a it's a. Oh, you don't have one. OK, it's a post market. It's a what it was that. Post, what's it called? Aftermarket. Aftermarket. It's an after. It's an aftermarket piece. So you have to put it in yourself. Uh, yeah. And then next thing you, know, you can't get it back together. Your bumpers on crooked. <laughs> <laughs> or the pit or or what's worse is you're driving what happens to me is i drive alone in the car and it's so quiet that you hear like all the rattles and like if there if if bryce forgets his water bottle in the in the back seat and the ice is hitting the water bottle side i'd like pull over and just dump it out <laughs> right i'm like I, i'm not gonna listen it's to distracting. the ice i'm not gonna listen to the ice hit the side of my water bottle his water bottle for half an hour on the ride home you know yeah so distracting <laughs> Before we go, yes. uh, how did your beer finish? Oh, so I have a little bit left. What was this? How many ounces is this thing? A lot. It's a big one. A one pint. Oh, it's a pint. Uh, nine fluid ounces. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, but it finished nice. Or, or it's not like what, what I say last week, 1.9 fluid ounces. Yeah, 1.9 fluid ounces. No. I meant one <laughs> pint. Nine, yeah, that's what that... My beer was the same. So I see you just finished it there. You killed it. It was good, I'm assuming. I killed it. It was very good. Uh, no notes of vanilla. The Madagascar vanilla did not come out at all. Okay. But maybe it just, like I said, maybe it just knocked down the cacao a little bit. And it, the cacao kicked up in bitterness throughout. It became more bitter. But no alcohol notes whatsoever for a 13.8, you know? Nice. Yeah. How about yours? It, well, it did finish. So <laughs> it is finished. It was good. It, it, I thought you said it was German. <laughs> it, it was it, it was good. Uh, it did finish well as it warmed. It definitely like the bubblegum flavor certainly came out more. I think the banana and the clove kind of fell off the back <laughs> and I was starting to blow bubbles with it. <laughs> Big league chew. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it finished as well as it started. Oh, okay. it's, it's better cold. It's better cold. Kolsch. Kolsches are cold. <laughs> no, this isn't a Kolsch. I thought you said it was a Kolsch. No, it was. It's it's a. Oh, it's a Weiss beer. That's right. Yeah. It, it's probably on point with like a Hogarden or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, uh, um, uh, like a wheat ale. Yes. The white is really what it is. But it was good. I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I probably wouldn't order it if it wasn't part of that that kit. Right. So, but yeah, overall, not a bad beer. So there you go. All right, Ted. All now right. we'll get out of here. <laughs> Have a good night. Later. Bye. Next week, join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece. Remember, the holy trinity of podcasting. Subscribe, like, share. Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music.